Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Or I guess my job as a producer and our jobs as producers here is to like basically create a space where you two can kind of like be free to do whatever you want. So we kind of create, um, you know, like structure in a production meeting. And then within that structure is where all the sort of improv and spontaneity and the creativity can happen. And we do that, you know, as you'll see later with our preps for episodes, um, our, our interview questions is kind of like creating a box and then in that box you have the freedom to, like, do whatever you want. Eleanor Kagan is the director of audio at BuzzFeed and a producer of Another Round. The secret to that show's success? Eleanor calls it structured spontaneity. In this episode, Eleanor is joined by Another Round hosts, Tracy Clayton and Heben Nagatu, to detail how they get each episode booked, structured, and out the door. We recorded the Another Round team during Work It's How I Make It session, where producers and hosts from top podcasts pull back the curtain on their shows. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, the host of the Work It podcast, which is a compilation of recordings from WNYC's Festival for Women in Audio. (laughs) Y'all so cute. Hello, hello. Hi. 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 Welcome to this cozy room. Very cozy. (laughs) Um, I assume that we are all here to learn how another round is made. Hey. Um, My name is Tracy Clayton. I sound so seductive and sexy because I've been (laughs) sick. So please take advantage. Um, We are here to tell you guys how we make the show. Again, I'm Tracy Clayton, and I'll let us do individual Intros. You may have heard of me, I am Heaven Nagatu. <laughs> and you may have heard of our producer, Eleanor Kagan. Hi, everybody. Yeah. I'm like in the corner. We're so far apart. I know, right now. we're so Mom. far away. This is actually not untypical. Like, you guys are in the studio, I'm yeah. outside. There's a little bit of a, like, a wall here. between us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I know. Um, I think this is going to be a great discussion because one of the great and unique things about Another Round, I think, is that it is produced by an all-woman team. Yes, the pod squad. Uh, Give it up. And it's a very diverse all-woman team. And um, I feel like it's very rare that um, women who look like us have so much creative control over the thing that we make. So we make a lot of very deliberate decisions. We make a lot of fun decisions because... You know, nobody's really watching what we do at BuzzFeed, so we just kind of what we want. Um, so I think it's going to be a fun talk. We're going to talk about the life cycle of a typical episode of Another Round. Something that people always want to know is, like, how do we make a show? Like, from idea to the point that it gets to your ear holes, what does that look like? And we will tell you that. And we're going to talk about mistakes that we have made, for there have been many. And we will talk about things that we've learned. And then we're going to do some Q&A. And then we're going to get out of your hair. Sound good? All right. Eleanor is going to be captaining this ship as she captains the another round ship itself. Yes. Um, Okay. So we figured we would just kind of take you guys through like the general process from beginning of like where does the, uh, like how do we start a given episode to what we do after it's published. Um, So we're just going to kind of like go in chronological order and Mm -hmm. talk about how we do each of those things and what has changed because we are two and a half years yeah two and a half years the show's been in existence yeah. and we have basically all been making it up as we go along the Seriously. whole time which Absolutely. means there's a lot of trial and error there's a lot of reflecting there's a lot of feedback where we're like okay did that work should we change this should we repeat this 
so yeah, we start with our production meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, so our production meetings basically used to be like two hours long and it was us just like <laughs> hanging out and it was like a party. therapy, a party, <laughs> yeah. like all in one. <laughs> yeah. We had no like set meeting. There was no structure to the meeting. So we would just come in and be like, all right, what do you want to talk about? And I'd be like, I had this great idea in the shower. What if Elmo was an elephant and went to outer space or whatever? And we spent 30 minutes talking about that. <laughs> Fun, sure, maybe not so productive. So um, we now have agendas. Our producer, Nina, is here somewhere. I right love me an agenda. Hi, Nina. Yes. Bye, yes. Mom. Um, so Nina was like, I have this great idea. How about we make a plan? <laughs> and we were like, a plan, you say? Yeah, revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, and so now before our production meetings, Nina sends out an email. She's like, here's, this, here's the agenda for the day. Here's the schedule. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk, talk about this and talk about this. Excuse me, excuse me. Um, and it really helps things get done, believe it or not. <laughs> and it's so crazy that a lesson that small is one that took us that long to learn. But again, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, and this is a, a tweak that has saved a lot of us. And before our production meetings, we like to do a regular check-in to keep us from veering off topic during the production meeting. So when we have to talk about pitches and scheduling and booking, but I saw this really cool true crime documentary. <laughs> um, you know, We talk about that at the top of the hour so that we can get it out of the way uh, so that we don't hijack the meeting later. Or, or sometimes it's just a basic like, how are you doing? How is yes. your weekend? What are you feeling today? What sort of headspace are you in? Mm-hmm. Um, checking in with each other kind of like puts us all on the same page so we can all move forward together and like anything that's been bothering us or anything that we're particularly joyful about on a certain day, we can like get it out, we keep it brief and then we, you know, move forward with the work. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of like just making sure that we're all on the same page and we're all feeling good. So it's still therapy, it's just mini therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Structured mini therapy. (laughs) Um, I I was going to say, I think I actually have this on the thing to talk about later but the way that I think about a lot of this show is we kind of like uh or I guess my job as a producer and our jobs as producers here is to like basically create a space where you two can kind of like be free to do whatever you want so we kind of create um you know like structure in a production meeting and then within that structure is where all the sort of improv and spontaneity and the creativity can happen and we do that you know as you'll see later with our preps for episodes um, our, our interview questions is kind of like creating a box and then in that box you have the freedom to like do whatever you want. Structured creativity. Structured creativity. Structured spontaneity. Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's move on. Oh, this baby. <laughs> <laughs> so pitches are one of the things that we talk about in our production meetings. Um, a pitch, of course, is an idea for a show or for a guest or for a segment. Um, we come up with our own pitches. Um, for a while, we were like writing and typing proper pitches and sending them to the email listserv. Like, this is an idea. I think that this person would be a great person for the show for this reason, this reason, this reason. We were really good at that for a while. And then, well, let me not say we. I was good at that for a while. And then I sort of like went back into just like, oh, here's an idea for like a pitch. But the point is that we pitch ourselves and we also get pitches from other people. Um, I love to point out that for the Hillary Clinton show, she was pitched to us. We did not go to her because a lot of people assume that um, we must have sold our soul to get her to come into the studio. But we we got an email one day, and then in a pitch meeting, they were like, hey, you want to email or interview Hillary Clinton? And we were like, fuck yeah. 
<laughs> um, so this is my the bottom point here. We are all enablers is the thing that feels the truest for the show because I feel like Tracy, you'll like think of an idea in the shower, um, mm-hmm. and you'll like email it to us. Uh, I was actually going to pull some examples of just like your one line emails with like oh, I was in the shower some. and, <laughs> um, but then I feel like a lot of where the ideas in the show happen is us is somebody being like this is a crazy idea this will never work mm-hmm. and us being like but what if it did yes <laughs> but what if we did it yeah. I mean there's Tracy is Steve Harvey yes. at our at our Kwanzaa Spectacular Excuse show. Excuse me, the name is Heave Starvey. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. No copywriting. Yes, yes. And the way that this happened is basically we were, if I remember this the right way, we were in a meeting planning for the show. Um, and I think I very offhandedly was like, I mean, I could, I can just come in as Steve Harvey and like just make fun of how he's a terrible person when it comes to women, blah blah blah. And the enablers that we are, yes. And they were like, we're "Oh like, my god, yes, great idea." Do you have a Steve Harvey impression? I'm like, no. And so then in the meeting, I scratched up a Steve Harvey impression, and we just kind of like improv and like, you know, they were hyping me up, and I'm like, "Oh snap, this might be something." And then now Heath Starvey was born, and a lot of that is just really just being willing to say, yeah, no, it it is crazy, but maybe we can make it happen. Because um, when you've got resources, as we kind of do, and when you have um, people who are willing to like help you make a thing, there's really like, it's not crazy to like put on a ball cap and be Steve Harvey, even though you cannot do a Steve Harvey impression. Like if you can like, if you want it to happen and you have like a team around you that can enable you, even then like your craziest ideas, you can get some weird looking stuff like that if you two want. (laughs) Um, and as far as how we decide um, what to say yes to and what to say no to, we're very, very deliberate. And we're very deliberate because when you're reporting on a story or when you're interviewing somebody and you don't really want to talk to them, you're not really interested in it, um, it'll affect the way that you prepare for that episode, for that talk, and it just won't be as great. It could be decent, it could be passable, but people can hear when you're not really into a thing or when you haven't really prepared for a thing. So a lot of times we feel pressure to be like, well, everybody's talking about this thing and everybody wants our opinion on this thing. And sometimes we just don't care about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I don't really feel that strongly. And you will hear that in the interview or in the in the whatever segment we would be doing. Yeah. I mean, the best content is content that you care about. So if it's something that we don't care about, then we won't cover it. If it's something that is just like too heavy for us, like it's too triggering, too stressful, if we're just like, this makes me sad to talk about, then we'll find a way to like address it so that we don't look like we're completely ignorant of it. But if we just don't have the energy for it, we just won't do it. And similarly, if heaven like sees a comedian like you did with Janelle James and was just like, I think this person's really funny. Don't know if anybody else knows about her or whatever, but it's my show. I think she's dope. Let's talk about having her on the show. You know, we excise a lot of autonomy and being like, we would never be like, well, nobody, she's not famous enough. Nobody knows her enough. So and so wouldn't get the references. White people don't know her. So, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You may have been to one of our meetings. It sounds like. <laughs> don't make Tracy laugh. Somebody said, I don't know what that is. <laughs> But we are very, very deliberate, and we empower each other to uh, follow the way that we feel and not just what we think people want us to do. We still belong to ourselves, and the show is made for us, for you as well, but we're the filters that 
give you the best content that we can. Can you guys talk a little bit about how you think about like pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone a little bit in terms of thinking about what you slash we say yes to if it's like someone you hadn't heard of before or a topic we've been covered on the show mm-hmm. um, or something that like, you know, where we aren't sure if we're into it and we have to do some research and figure out whether we are into it. Yeah. Um, a lot of times my, so I have ADD and my brain will instantly be like, I don't know who this person is. I don't want to talk to him. And I have to be like, well, maybe do a Google, you know, maybe, maybe look into who this person is and what they do because you never know like where your next big story is going to come from. Um, and another thing that I try to do is to lean into when I'm nervous or afraid to talk to somebody or if I'm just like hesitant and I don't know why. Um, because a lot of times those are the conversations that will come out to be the best ones. And you get to challenge yourself and be like, okay, this conversation or this topic makes me uncomfortable, but I don't want to run away from that because then this topic will always make me uncomfortable. I can't think of a specific example where we were once like, eh, maybe not, but then we did it. It's happened Um, a ton of times. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly with like some of the political, the politician interviews that we've done, like, um, I mean, Hillary Clinton, yes, but I think like, uh, Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice and even Cory Booker, Yeah, like when I think like, uh, approaching all of those interviews, (laughs) approaching all of those interviews has been like, all right, well, we're not, we don't identify as like political journalists, but we still have questions and we also want to be in a place where we know what we're talking about, but we're not necessarily feeling like we need to dig into like nitty gritty policy conversation. Mm -hmm. We want to ask the questions that our audience wants the answers to. So I think those have been some of the ones where, um, I've detected a bit of discomfort. Yeah, I don't like talking to politicians. They're boring. Yeah, politicians and activists just, are really hard to interview because yeah. they have talking points and it's so hard to get them off of those talking points. I'm like, I don't got, I don't got you time. You guys are good at it, though. <laughs> Thank you. But, but I mean, <laughs> with politicians, they're like, you know, beholden to a public or a voting public or something. So there's a little bit there that makes them have to answer our questions in mm-hmm. a way. But it's still like... I, you always feel like you're getting the runaround. It's like you're listening and then you're listening to what they haven't said. And yeah. then like, you know, there's just so much calculating. And is that version of this sentence like going to be a newsworthy item? Mm-hmm. Or do I have to dig deeper into why you said it this way? It's just a lot. And I'm like, to what end? I don't yeah. really care about this stuff. Yeah. So finding the stuff you're interested in in a, in a like politician interview is a little bit of a like a growing stretch for because well, for some of them you're constantly processing like what are they saying why are they saying right it? how does why this are they giving it to on? me this way mm-hmm. and like how do they expect our audience to respond to it versus maybe like their broader political audience like what do they want out of our audience why are you here yeah <laughs> like all the questions in my yeah. mind during the interview <laughs> another thing that we try to be really good at thinking about and Eleanor mentioned this is like okay what can we get out of this particular person an interview that nobody else can get and I think it's two black girls were immediately disarming so people are more likely to open up and be more relaxed and so with the politician you're like okay we know what you're going to say about like government and policy and voting but like what's your favorite food you know like how can we like rattle you a little bit and get you kind of off kilter I had a lot of fun kind of poking at Cory Booker because you know he'd be talking so I was like all right I want I want to knock him off his block a little bit and see how he can like you know stand back up and that was really fun um, and Ask also, him about Lamez. Oh, Lamez. He has such horrible Lamez <laughs> opinions. Oh my gosh. I was very upset. Should we move on to booking? Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> Shout out to our producer, Garanesh, who chose these amazing gifts. Yes. yes. Also. So good. So good. Um, so, okay. How do we book people? Uh, people reach out to us with pitches. We reach out to people we want to have on the show with pitches. 
Um, I slide into people's DMs and harass them on Twitter. Yeah, so that's the other, like, <laughs> that's, like, the third option. Can you yeah. talk about, like, the art of the DM slide? I mean, you know what? With natural talent, it's hard to explain, you know? <laughs> when you just have the sauce, you kind of just have it. Um, <laughs> it's forever. Um, but I had the advantage of having been addicted to Twitter for way too long before I even started at BuzzFeed, before the show was a thing. So I had... Um, had this little group of internet weirdos who for some reason were like paying attention to me and like the things that I was doing and saying um and you know I just routinely like just tweeted people that I like you know hey daddy it's Tom Hanks just in case he sees it because you never know you never know um and a good <laughs> he has not responded yet by the way but uh, I'm keeping hope but a good example of um a really effective DM slide was the Lin-Manuel Miranda episode because that's how he actually got on the show um I had had tickets to see the show and was excited to see it so I tweeted and I added him just in case I could like get backstage or something and um, amazing and then I noticed the that he followed and yeah you know I mean really the whole thing is just like throwing like Hail Marys and Hail Makers hey, Haymakers Hail Marys and Haymakers and just seeing like what lands and what sticks um, so that's when I noticed that he followed me on Twitter and then one day I just tweeted and I was like I'm getting real sick of Lin-Manuel Miranda playing us like he's not gonna come on the show and then he responded he was like ain't nobody playing you I'm ready and then I was like alright in the DMs and this just happened to be the day that I was gonna go see the play a smooth so, criminal ladies and gentlemen <laughs> But I slid right in those DMs and I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm very serious and I'm also much more charming in person. Would love to come and convince you. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah. No, he was like, I don't need any convincing. Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm with it. But I really think had I not, like, poked him a little bit, he never would have come on the show. So the moral of the story is the worst that they can say is no. The worst yeah. that they can do is not respond. Didn't you also bring a handwritten letter that we tried to create yeah. a wax seal for so it seemed old-timey? Julia Ferlin, I think. <laughs> sure I just did. remembered that. Sure yeah. Did. Uh, yeah. She did. It was um, an aesthetic. It was, it was cute. And she was like, you can't open it. Only Lynn can open it. So I don't know what it said to this day. <laughs> but um, that's a good example of being creative, you know, getting people to, like, notice you. People yeah. are as addicted to Twitter as you are in celebs see their feeds which is crazy they can't say yes if you don't ask yeah um so two things that we also wanted to touch on when it comes to booking is like uh sort of maybe like a little bit of just practical advice as to like when you're trying to book an author or a celebrity or somebody on your show there's a couple sort of tricks that we use one is like if you're booking someone and they have like and maybe this seems really obvious i don't know but um uh, if somebody has a project to promote, they're much more likely to say yes to an interview because they want to talk about that. And later we'll talk about interview prep, but then we try to like talk a little bit about the thing that they want to promote and then talk about whatever we want with them. Um, if you're like going through publicists, um, going through the publicist for the actual project itself, like the TV show's publicist rather than somebody's personal publicist, uh, because they have a stake in wanting to get their person on your show to promote their project. Um, and things like, I guess, those are kind of the things. Mm -hmm. uh, Book tours are great yeah. ways to get like celebs and bigger name people to come through. And also, you have to follow up a lot. Mm. Um, and like, I don't know. I often some like I had to get over sort of feeling like I was nagging people and being annoying or like calling them on the phone even. Um, but like, it's that's that's part of the game. It's just like. Reminding people who you are, what you have to offer them by coming on your show. Mm -hmm. um, 
And the other thing is, uh, when we book live shows, it's really important to us to sort of speak to the local audience in the room. I mean, we, we want to speak to the people in the room and the people listening. Um, but when we like went to Chicago, for example, we uh, tweeted, like, who do you want to see on the show, Chicago? And people mm -hmm. had a lot of really amazing suggestions for local people. Um, and we ended up booking Eve Ewing, who uh, is amazing. an amazing poet and educator. And like the idea is we want to take uh, the, you know, we want to showcase the best things from that city, mm -hmm. best people from that city. So we try to like think about booking locally. Yeah. And with Chicago, especially we knew and at this time, like Chicago was like really in the news because Trump is just like, oh, Chicago, blah, 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 blah. And like, we, the gang thugs, <laughs> the top gang thugs, excuse, excuse you, excuse you. Um, but we, we knew that there was a whole other side and story to Chicago that nobody gets to hear because the only thing that they hear and see of Chicago is like the Chirac stuff. So we were like, we really want to help to spotlight you and help you tell us about your city. And we had some kids come up and, and dance and it was, it was really fun and it was really amazing. And all I it learned takes, about juke dancing. She was adorable is what <laughs> she, she was just amazing. said. <laughs> um, but it's it's really easy to do those sort of, those sorts of things. It just takes effort. And speaking of effort, something that I hate is when people and I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were leading up to the next slide. Oh. Oh snap. I started off with That's the That's Tracy slide. sliding and Lynn Manuel Miranda's DMs. It is, it is. Like, what's up? <laughs> accurate, accurate. <laughs> We covered the DM slide. Yes, we did. Um, but I was going to say we are very... Wait, I don't know where I am anymore. You were going to say uh, selectiveness about who we Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, we are very particular about the white people and men we let into our space because it's a space that's not created for them. So for you to be in it, you have to be like exceptional because mediocre men and mediocre white folks... They don't have to like pass. There are any tons sort of, of podcasts for them. They can go anywhere. You know? Why come on ours? Yeah. So our first white man was Chris Hayes. Yes. The um, reverse Jackie Robinson was the yeah. episode title. Uh-huh. Um our because <laughs> he was like integrating mad podcasts at the time. So he really was. Um but yeah. Integrating. Like, <laughs> You have the right to be discerning. You have the right to, to talk to the people that you want to talk to. And when you're an oppressed person, you have a right to say, this is my space. And I'm the authority on who gets to come into it. I will book white men when they are interesting. <laughs> um, so let's talk about how we prep for interviews. That we, there's a few things that we will practice. And a lot of this has to do with like um, doing research uh, both on like who the person is, but also how they are in interviews. If they, you know, are known for monologuing, then we will particularly practice um, like interrupting mm -hmm. with questions, interrupting with clarifications. And if that's we, something that both Heaven and I are not very good or comfortable with doing. Like when somebody is talking, I'm a Southern girl, so I'm like, you're not supposed to interrupt people when they're talking. It's rude. But sometimes people just be talking, and you have to cut them off. And there, there are very specific like techniques and stuff that we're in the process of learning. But um, Another thing that we do is like a run-through before, and we'll talk about this more later. But during our run-throughs, we'll um, have someone pretend to be the guest that we're going to interview. And sometimes, often it's Nina because she's a fantastic actress. It's true. And um, sometimes she'll just like, we'll ask a question and she'll run on and like start talking about water buffalo and be like completely off topic. <laughs> and we have to figure out how to like interrupt and get it back on track. And sometimes I'm just like, this is hard, I can't do it. And sometimes we do it and we're just like, oh shit. <laughs> we just learned a thing. So we do like drills and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
the, the on the flip side, if we know that somebody or we anticipate that somebody might need a little bit of like drawing out, the thing we practice is like asking a short question and then just stopping talking mm-hmm. and like not being afraid of letting silence like just sit there, yeah. um, which can be, you know, make for some really powerful moments in interviews. Mm-hmm. I believe we have a clip, Ooh. our first clip um, that shows sort of a situation where heaven asked a really pointed question, semi-pointed a direct question mm-hmm. and then just stop talking. Melissa Harris Perry, right? Yeah, yeah. this is Melissa yeah. Harris Perry. Um, and this is her second appearance on the show and she had been through a lot with MSNBC and we had asked her a question and she was sort of fumbling and kind of taking her time a little bit and Heaven was just like, what are you feeling right now? And that was it. It was just quiet. I'm bad at that because silence kind of makes me nervous. Like I'll just keep asking the question until somebody answers. But Heaven is really good at just like asking and just letting the silence lie. It's beautiful. So can we get that clip please, Melissa? It, it seems like a lot is coming up for you right now. Yeah, and I hard. I don't know how to ask. It feels like you're holding back a little. Mm-hmm. What's like wh- what's weighing on your spirit? Oh, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I knew it would always be over. So I don't know if you could hear what she said, but she said, I knew it would always be over. But that she said so much in that silence, like you could hear how she was struggling with this. You could hear how it was draining her. And heaven just like gave her a space to share that with us, even without saying anything at all. And I was just like, oh my God. It's sometimes hard to like uh, capture the body language of a person while they're talking. And like in the body language of the interview, you could see she was really struggling, but Mm -hmm. you couldn't hear it in the audio. Um, So just giving her space to like have an uncomfortable moment to herself. Yeah. And then maybe and share I think if she if, felt. Uh, I think if we had done that interview maybe a year before, uh, there would have been the instinct to sort of jump in mm-hmm. and, and fill that silence with something. But you guys sat back and let it happen. Yeah. And then we didn't cut it down or anything mm-hmm. um, when we edited it. Also a really good thing, having that you did in that was, um, you said, I don't know how to ask this. And I think that also like put her at ease to like not know how to answer. Mm. Um, and... A lot of times, like when you are unsure how to ask a question and when you feel nervous about asking something, just saying that is better than just not asking the question at all because you never know what answer you're going to get. So making yourself vulnerable makes it easy for your guests to become vulnerable too. And that like leads really well into recording, um, which uh, is where we practice these things that we or we enact these things that we practice during the prep process. Um, do you want to show everyone what we do at the beginning of a recording? Hands. Does hands. anybody want to? Do you guys want to do hands with us? us? Okay. Oh, Wait, ready? So everybody do okay. it with us. Ready? All right. So, what are hands. hands. This is what we do to have high energy because yes. you can't just like show up every time and expect to have energy. <laughs> right. Right. So doing this will get your adrenaline up a little bit. Makes this you feel is actually, kind of goofy, you know? And this is literally goofy. shorthand for yes. the longer hands exercise. Yes. Where, which is like an improv game where everybody stands up and you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then you do the feet and you, you do hands and feet. count all the way down. All the way seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's a surprising <laughs> energy boost. You're yeah. Just like, that you, worked. I and I'm still more energetic now. <laughs> so we did that. We would do the whole thing and then we just truncated it to. Hands. Hands. So now we just do this. Yeah. And then somebody will do a goofy dance. Heaven will sometimes turn on some music. We love Beyonce before an interview. Yes, we love yes. some Cardi B. Yes. You know, turn up a little bit in the studio because your body can like have such a big impact on the energy that you actually have. And you know, you don't want to, hey, Hillary, how are you? you know. Y'all would get a real whispery ass podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> the pre-studio rituals are important and we've developed those over time. You know, like 
Uh, is everybody's laptop charged? Can we? Are we able to talk to each other on Gchat during the interview? Um, is your drink filled? Is airplane mode on? So there's nothing else in the world that you need to worry about except this task at hand. Mm-hmm. So what um, am I forgetting? We. Also, speaking about logistically and technically how it happens, like how we communicate when we're in the studio, we, in our prep sessions, um, have a prep document that has like all of our questions where we go and we prioritize the ones that we like the most and we try to get them in a good order so that they flow in a really nice way and get good transitions. And so when we're doing the actual interview, this is the document that we work off of. And, you know, it's it's kind of a living document. So as the interview's going on, we can be like, oh, they mentioned this. Let me go down to this section and ask this question about the same thing. But also in that Google document, we can talk directly to our producers who can be like, this is great, draw more out, or move on to the next topic, or um, push a little deeper here, or that was great. You know, they give us a lot of encouragement in the moment, which does so much. I don't know if y'all know. You nailed that transition. Oh my gosh! See, I feel like I can do anything, anything right now. Um, we also tried once... Um, have you know how like news anchors have like the little thing in their ear and there's like oh wait what's that Bob what's that um, we we tried that a couple times it does not work for us it was so cute I'd be like hey guys and they'd be and like then what? Like, what? <laughs> like no 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 what huh no don't look look at me when I do that we don't were like golden retrievers we were we were Pavlovians yes um, so that's another thing that we learned yeah um, so we're running low on time a little bit so oh my gosh. let's just sort of uh, go through these next slides. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very frequent question we get. So how much drinking do you guys actually do on the podcast? Sometimes too much. <laughs> um, we learned that we cannot have straight liquor in the studio. That was the Deezus episode where we were drinking straight liquor. He was we, drinking beer. We got so trashed. We have a clip of this extremely drunk moment. Oh, my. Fantastic. I would like to thank him. Oh, I'd like to take the seat. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. And that was the edited version, y'all. Oh. Never again. Never again. So, you know, we, we do drink. We do get a little a little warm in the liver sometimes, but we don't we don't get that tore down. Anymore. I feel like that's actually a really good transition into our next topic, which mm-hmm. is editing because <laughs> that clip was heavily edited heavily we have heavily. the uncut clip which we'll play you guys at the end of the session which oh is about a, a minute longer <laughs> maybe like 45 imagine seconds a whole longer minute of that imagine imagine <laughs> um editing is so important it's so i used to be an editing snob and that i would not listen to a podcast that wasn't like edited or edited well but that cuts out 95 percent of podcasts honestly and also it is true shots fired i mean no. <laughs> But what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is that not having like good, because I mean, it costs money and time and energy to like get good at editing and not everybody has access to professional editors like we do. And honestly, if your content is good enough, you know, your people will listen to you. Like I listen to podcasts where like there's cats in the background, (laughs) but I'm like, it's so good though, you know, but um, you always want to present yourself and your guests in their best light. You know, like if I'm like, being like, if you take a picture of me, like Photoshop me to the gods, you know, like make me look good. And we really want to make people look good and sound good. Um, that's all I know about editing because I don't do the rest of that shit. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like our philosophies around editing is uh, like everyone sounds better with editing. Uh, we want to leave you wanting more. 
Um, I try to, and we try to um, do something that I think of as like cutting to the funny. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it's funny, but it's a total tangent, but it's hilarious and you know makes you happy, then leave it in just because it's not like on topic, quote unquote, or totally relevant to the conversation. Um, if it's a moment of joy or a moment of like revelation in some way, we do leave that in. Um, sometimes, you know, so sometimes a tangent is great. Uh, things that go on a long time, we truncate them down a little bit so you kind of get the the taste of it, um, but don't necessarily need another minute of you laughing, even though it is totally joyful and wonderful. Yeah. We try um, to save y'all a lot of time. Honestly, like every minute you give us, that's like, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. We don't take that for granted. We want it to be full of the very, very best parts. Yeah. And that's why we put outtakes at the end, too. So yes. stuff that we love that maybe we wanted to cut, um, but we still wanted to leave in there. The one I think of is um, when Heaven bought a round for the free Shavakadu vine. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there I saw a Del Taco I, when I was here yesterday. Yes. Did you start yelling free Shavakadu? <laughs> free Shavakadu. It was like, a, there's like a, the it was, I miss it. It's like a four minute riff on that. No one needs that. We left about a minute in the podcast, but put the other two and a half minutes at the end. Just like there's a little present yeah. because you wanted it. Yes. So shout out to people who listen to the credits. You get a present at the end. Um, something we wanted to talk about is also like, what do we not air? Mm-hmm. And we're going to like play you guys some stuff now that has never been heard before. Ooh. Exclusive. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. Do you want to set... Up, yeah. This interview and and why we didn't air it, and then yes. we'll play you guys some clips. Would love to. So this interview happened during the election. Um, we shall not the speak before its times. Name. In the it before. was like summer 2016. Yeah, yeah. we were um, different people then. Yeah, <laughs> we all were. And we <laughs> thought we would take a chance and interview Diamond and Silk. Are we familiar with you guys? Okay. Know who they are? Diamond and Gasp. Silk are. <laughs> So we, we had just done the Hillary Clinton interview like a few months ago. We were thinking mm-hmm. about the political climate and we were talking about we wanted to do more. Maybe like find a way. Trump's not going to talk to us. Maybe find a way for someone from the, a conservative leaning yeah. angle side to come on and talk mm-hmm. about, well, what y'all got? Yeah. And if they're black, all the better. So Diamond and Silk are two black women who for some reason really loved Trump in like really loud, offensive, uncomfortable ways, I think. Um, I don't want to be dramatic and call them like caricatures, mammies, but a lot of people think that they were that sort of person. And they were so, like in the, the Trump like yeah. rally circuit. And like, like they, they were, were just, like opening for him. One of them like never says cities? anything in the videos that they make. One of them's just like, Trump's gonna build that wall. And the other one's like, mm-hmm, girl, build that wall. And that's like their whole that's thing. The thing. That's, that's the their shtick. whole thing. <laughs> um, so, so, so summary of who they are. <laughs> yes, that's who they are. And so we decided to interview them. The interview was a lot. Um, should we play the clip now and then explain? Um, yeah, I mean, the only two things that I would add is that, like, we thought that it would be really important to bring them on to try to figure out, like, who they are as people, what drives them, you know, hear them talk about their beliefs. And mm-hmm. also, you know, a key tenet of another round is that, like, black women are not a monolith. Yeah. And, like, there can be liberal identified black women and conservative identified black women. And, like, you don't have to agree on everything. And so having this conversation might be revelatory. Yeah. Spoiler alert. It was not. was not. <laughs> no. Um, and I think the reasons that we didn't air it were because, uh, well, one reason was you guys would ask them questions and they just would not, they weren't giving you anything. Yeah. Um, even non-political questions. So we asked them what they drink in their videos. 
So can you play the clip called Hypnotic? <laughs> um, however, no, that was not hypnotic or whatever that stuff is. What are you guys normally about. drinking? Well, I can't tell you that. You got to wait until I come out with my something, something, and then you can get a taste of it, too. Oh, so you got a All line right. coming out. Well, we, you know, we just... Who I knows? Just what? Let's just see. Who knows? Who knows? If you want to tell God what your plans are, he's only going to do is laugh at you because he's going to say, guess what, boo? I got something better for you. So you know what? Huh. Whatever God has in store for Diamond and Silk, we're going to go with the flow of it. Yeah. Okay. So the question was, what do you drink in the studio? Yes. <laughs> And that's what it's we got. It's not hypnotic. I was like, it looks blue. <laughs> and then maybe they do have a, a, a drink line but coming never out. Know. But God, yeah. oh, you never know. God's plans. Yeah. So that's, that's when we knew that they were not there to talk about themselves at all. They weren't there it's to like have a real like, conversation. They were there to get on their Donald J. Trump talking points. But also, y'all heard how incoherent that was. The entire interview was like that. And it added nothing to the conversation. We didn't learn anything new about them. We didn't learn anything new about black conservative women. We didn't, I mean, we just learned we that they learn were anything. just like, they're nuts, which we already knew. And to that point, you know, if we were to do that, like, like publish something that just like makes them just look like a pile of, just like a, a mess, that I think would have been us punching down because they're not adding anything to us, you know, they just, we just put them on a pedestal, on a pedestal to look like fools. And that doesn't aid us. It doesn't look like, make us look like we're really here for the community, which we are. Um, and it, it just wasn't good. We don't want to do that to y'all, honestly. Do you guys want to play the other clip? What that seems like it maybe approaches something where you were having a debate and then just kind of devolves yeah. a little bit. Do you yeah. guys want to hear it? Yeah. Um, okay, it's called uh, different, different, Problems, thank you. Different problems. So it should be, well, what is he going to do for the black community? Listen, but that's a good question. You're in a presidential race. You're supposed to question what these people are going to do for you. We ask those questions well, of everybody. No. He's going to do it for everybody. Do His it for policies everybody. is going to work for everybody. See, why do black people feel like we got to have a different set of pro policies? That's how we be handed the crumbs. But what did that's you exactly say? We have a different how set we of be handed nothing but little crumbs, but we don't have enough opportunities where people are coming up and they're gainfully employed. Okay, and I'm still, tired still, of it. Really quickly, Heaven just asked a great question. Don't you think that black people have a different set of problems than white people do, which may be why we need to ask different questions. Or why we need to dissect dash cam footage of a woman being stopped. Exactly. On a very routine police stop. Well, I do think that sometimes we do. Well, maybe we do. But mm -hmm. here's the deal. We've been playing this game like yeah. this here for years. Mm -hmm. Every four years we do this. And how does what it help African-American people? Okay, wait a minute. The next president come she along. Asking for well, this is what he going to do for the African-American community and nothing get done. So you know what? Instead of me crying over the spilled milk, let's bring somebody in that can clean up the milk and fix it where all Americans are thriving again. And that's why we're voting for Donald Trump. She didn't say nothing. And I want to point out how physically stressed out the front row was. We did not want to do that to you. You know? Because, yeah. And we also had to think about, like, how would this make our listeners feel? Like, yeah. I mean, granted, we had no idea that he was going to be elect elected. But, like, that doesn't make you feel good when so much is at risk and at stake. So we were just like, this, there's no nutritional value to this <laughs> interview at all. So that's why we killed it. Yes. And I guess there's this thing of, like, oh, we put all this work into this interview, we booked it, we made it happen, we prepped for it, we did it. Something kind of hurts to be like, well, we're just going to throw this away and not mm -hmm. air it. But I also like feel like we made the right decision. We yeah, did. Definitely. And this particular decision 
Like, if I felt like it was a good interview and we had to kill it for, like, some other reason, then I would have felt like, you know, this is sadness always. But that, I felt like we dodged a bullet because it would have made them look bad. It would have made us look bad. It would have made y'all feel bad. But um, we, there are times where you're like, man, you know, this, this, I put energy and time into this. But that's also a lesson, I think, of podcasting. You have to be discerning and you have to take everything in on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. Um, so the last thing we're going to talk about uh, very briefly, because we want to leave time for questions, is, uh, you know, what happens after we hit publish on an episode? We try to shout it from the rooftops. Um, we, you know, try to uh, put it on all of our social feeds. We create audiograms. Um, there, another round has the most amazing community of listeners. Yes, absolutely. Who, Shout out to y'all. Yeah, yes. who like engage with the show in a lot of different ways, whether it's the newsletter, the Slack book club um, that one of our friends and listeners, Cher, started. Um, or just the Twitter comments. Like, I just yeah. love seeing y'all talk to each other in the, in the Twitter comments. Like, oh, I've got an extra ticket to the show. Does anybody want to go with me? Or does anybody, like, need a ticket? We met people at the show last night who had just become friends. And I was friends like, in line. Is... I love that. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but the way to really make your podcast go beyond being just a podcast is to think about the community and your listeners and like how can you continue to engage with them even when they're not listening to the podcast social media is a great way to do that um like even like goofy stuff on snapchat you know just try to stay present and just try to like continue to provide resources and just remind people that like hey we have this space that we built for you like this is your living room you know respect it but enjoy it um I think that's all I had to say. I think that's it. Um, Questions? Okay, we realize that we can't really have a line in this setup, (laughs) but like first come, first serve, you do have to talk into the mic though. Oh, because this is being recorded for a podcast. Oh, I was going to be like, y'all can just yell. I can hear you. (laughs) Hi. Hi. I met you yesterday. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, My partner slash best friend and I, we we came from Kenya for this. Oh, my gosh. What? Oh, my God. We're so honored. East Africa in the house. Yes. Yes. So it's really it's really good to meet you guys. We were mm-hmm. at the live recording yesterday. You guys were amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, and it's, um, so we have a podcast back home, which is actually one of the biggest podcasts on the continent. It's hey. Called, yes. Flex. It's called The Spread, and it's a sex positive po- podcast. Subscribing Great right now. <laughs> the Spread? Yes, girl. Okay. Um, so I have so many questions, but like I'm obviously going to have to narrow them down because yeah, there's a long one. Line. Maybe Maybe one. Maybe just one? Maybe. Okay, can I have like a one and a half? Just we'll, a half. We'll see. One okay, and a half. The one that's uh, important <laughs> is I just wanted to know how often you guys are recording and um, if you're doing it like chronologically, um, if you sit and then you record two episodes at a go and then you don't know which one goes before which. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for example, the way you were talking about um, how the one episode that you had to like throw that out, did that like take a week off of like a week's work or did you have something on standby? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is is the one question, mm-hmm. and then the second question is just like um, you've been together for two and a half years. How do you do it? Like how do you do each <laughs> other for two and a half years? <laughs> um, we 
we separate ourselves from each other when we need to. Yeah. And we come back when we need to. That's true. Um, <laughs> the cool thing about Heaven and I is that we both like have anxiety, depression issues, and we know how much, how important Love it. personal. It's so cool. <laughs> 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 but no, like, but we know we, we can know read each other's like, yeah. like energies. You're like, nah, like mm-hmm. I'm gonna text you even though we're in the same Airbnb. Yes, which is what we've been that doing. happened this morning. <laughs> um, but you know, like in in situations like this, like after a show, like doing shows takes a lot of energy, mm-hmm. and uh, we love to like be out in the crowds. But sometimes, like we just don't have the energy to do it. Sometimes I do, and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. So we're like, hey, you know, when you need to get out, yeah, give me yeah. a signal, and then I got you. So a lot of it is just like knowing each other and knowing what it's like to deal. And also, I like her; she's cool. It helps that we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for the other part, um, we do not record full like we've never done like one full episode another full episode because we would die i can't <laughs> yeah. imagine i can't imagine two recordings but two um, full recordings. yeah two full recordings but i feel like initially we would sit and record full episodes um when we were all working at buzzfeed and once having left the company we had to sort of amend our recording schedule and then we would record full episodes when we could but otherwise like record an interview on this day when it's convenient when heaven can come into the office record this segment and since we work in segments a lot we sort of can kind of like Frankenstein episodes together mm-hmm. um, which is a much better model for us to do it that way it's because when we do it, yeah, yeah because when we do it like all at once it is a big time drain it's a big energy drain and it just wasn't very um, constructive and productive for us it also lets us be more flexible in yeah. who we're able to book so if somebody we've been trying to book for a while is available um, you know we will tape with them then and then we'll tape sort of the continuity as we call it like the opening the first segment the rounds and the credits we'll tape that a little bit closer to the mm-hmm. air date so you're able to sort of speak on current events and just yeah. sort of keep it a little bit fresher mm-hmm. um so sometimes the interview will be taped few weeks maybe even a few months mm-hmm. that doesn't really happen that often um but we try to plan out our production schedule like far ahead of time because the way that we run our episodes is we do three new episodes two reruns and then a live show um so we are often planned out in terms of what we know is going to be in an episode two months ahead of time um which is amazing yeah, they made I a production calendar, feeling. and I was like, Google Yo. calendar. <laughs> yes. yes. We're like, we have our episode calendar until like November 15th or something yeah. right now. Like, Nina had been killing that shit. Yes. Yes, yes Nina. Um, and Thanks. that's that's just like so reassuring, just mm-hmm. production-wise. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Um, Hi. I'm Beandria. Oh. I have a question about field pieces. Um, the piece you guys did about white men don't wear lotion really changed my life. Um, white man on the street. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And a long time ago, you had spoken about maybe doing something where, like, we followed you on a date or something. I've been listening oh, for a man. while. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Tracy hopes no one would ever mention that. Again. Um, but uh, feel free to ignore that. But no, 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 my no. question is about um, I think the reason why the white men don't wear lotion piece was so. I mean, because it's just shocking, first of all. <laughs> right. But, but it was just like, I think if like a white man had done that, it wouldn't have been obviously as interesting because he clearly wouldn't be wearing lotion either. But, um, so he wouldn't even know to Drag. ask. But, um, <laughs> but I think because, because of your gaze, there was something about your gaze and you asking them that question that made it really powerful. And mm-hmm. I just wonder if you could talk about like, do you guys like doing field pieces? And if you had any 
anything else to add about that particular field piece? Mm-hmm. We do like field pieces. They're um, hard. They are hard. They take, take a, a lot, lot of, energy. of energy and a lot of time too. Like we had to talk to a lot of boring dudes to get to the get interesting three dudes. Three interesting we found. boring answers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, our producer Julia Ferlin, who is not here with us this trip. Um, is so full of energy and she's, she's she so loves good at doing those stuff. Yeah. and she's really good at it. So it was an asset to have her there because she, you know, bouncing around and also wrangling people, yeah. pulling him in. It's like, hey, white man, want right, to talk to us? Right. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Julia. <laughs> yeah. So we like doing it, but it's another thing that needs a lot of structure. Like you can't just like go out and be like, I'm going to talk to five people and get 15 minutes worth of audio because you're not going to do that. You really have to plan, take snacks. You don't know how long you're going to be outside. It's hot. You got to count for the weather. Is or it's windy? cold is and you can't feel your toes. Yeah, it's a lot. Et cetera, et cetera. Even like the TV stuff you see, like the Jimmy Kimmel on the street. Like yeah. that, that takes Jimmy Kimmel's crew like 24 hours yeah. of like standing out there. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> you know, a lot. It takes a lot to get the, like the good four people. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really satisfying when you get like a good like five minutes out of yeah. 10 hours of work. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Um, so yes. I believe we only have time for one more question. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, and... It's not up to me. Um, <laughs> but then we'll play you really quickly the uncut oh, uh, Drunk Jesus clip uh, before we go. So, um, but if you have more questions, like feel free to uh, come talk to me or email us another round at BuzzFeed.com or tweet at us. Yeah. Uh, we'll answer all your questions. Um, all right, go for it. Cool. Hey. Um, oh, sorry. Um, my name is Jordan. Uh, I wanted to ask about more about your research and interview question process. You started to touch on this, but like every time I listen to an interview, I feel like you guys have the best questions of like Aww. all the podcasts I listen to. And even sometimes like um, interviews of the same person I've heard on other podcasts, like you guys have really fresh questions and you're always like, I heard you did this thing one time when you were 12 and like, <laughs> you want to talk about that. So I just want to hear more about how do you find out stuff about your guests and like, what goes into your research and interview question process? Well, thank you, firstly. Um, that's what we're going for, so it's nice to know this working. Yeah. Um, Heaven is an A-plus social media stalker. Love it. So love usually it. all of the... And the, like early social media is when people yeah. are the most honest about like the random shit they like. They're mm-hmm. so earnest. I love it. Yes. So all of the you did this thing when you were 12 questions <laughs> came from Heaven. It's like, I've been peeping your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, but beyond that, we, um, we really try to... Well, when we research... We, you know, do Google and, you know, see, like, trivia on this person or whatever. But we also listen to and um, not ingest. Uh, uh, what's the word? We consume. We consume other interviews that they've already done so that we know what they get asked all the time. Because I think that we're learning since we're getting interviewed now is that people ask the same question over and over. And it makes me want to just climb through the telephone and be like, please try a little bit harder. Like, please don't ask me how we met anymore. You can find it. <laughs> Um, And so a lot of times we'll um, consume these other interviews and um, a lot of times we'll pick up on like threads that we would have wished that the interviewer had dug deeper on, but they just like didn't ask a follow up or whatever. And we'll focus in on that and be like, okay, what do I want to know from this? Um, And it's really just about like being innovative and just like really just trying to ask new questions. Because when you sit down to interview somebody, you can get caught up in like the basics. What do I want to know like in this moment right now? But like you have to consider like the things that they've already shared with the world and how you can go farther and push deeper beyond that. Yeah. And it definitely depends on like the kind of persons for. So for some people, it's like we are like their first big profile. We're kind of like giving them the another round bump and putting them on. And and for Mm -hmm. other people, we're like, you know them as a celebrity and like they're in a media like circuit for a movie so they're well versed in what you know people already know all their fun facts and whatever mm-hmm. so it really depends but i like seeing like 
especially for some of the celebrities that have a longer, uh, like just more work that they've done, seeing what how they were talked about in the beginning of the career, how they talked about themselves in the beginning of their career versus like where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Podcast interviews, other podcast interviews are generally more intimate, so I like listening to those. And just hearing how they talk is really super helpful. Yeah, another thing that's helpful to remember is that the people that you're interviewing are bigger than the reason that they're sitting in front of you. So like when we had Cory Booker on the show, like, yeah, he's a politician. Yeah, we have to talk about politics, but we also wanted to talk about, you know, Anne Hathaway and like Les Mis or whatever else. Um, so just remember that they're like normal people with like pet peeves and likes and dislikes and you know ask them a weird question and just don't be afraid to like get a little loose you know and a lot of times like you can even ask a weird question it's just important to like read the energy you know and like know when to be less weird and know when they're cool with you being like weird and and just sort of like ride it out and feel it that way yeah so uh, should we just play I mean I nobody really wants to hear that Oh, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> all right, can we play the Jesus uncut and then we'll wrap? This is the magic. Thank you all for coming. Yes, thank oh, you so I'd much. I'd like to thank the Tracy. Oh, wait, we're going to make it. <laughs> wait, should we start it over? I don't think that we. Oh, sure. <laughs> or not. Never mind. Russian from Forget Me Not? That's deep. Oh, I'm sorry, Chichi. Uh, okay. I would love... That's okay. <laughs> I would love to thank oh. Tracy. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. Oh, my stomach. Okay. Um... Okay. Um, if somebody sounds tipsy, I feel like it's not me. Wait. Imagine if we had made you listen to that. Imagine. Love a judicious editor. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. was Heben Nagatu, Tracy Clayton, and Eleanor Kagan of Another Round. Both the Work It Festival and the podcast are produced by WNYC Studios and are made possible by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with additional support from the Annenberg Foundation. Event sponsors include Cole Hahn, Mac Cosmetics, and thirdlove.com.